Welcome to Songs in the Key of, a podcast about songs. These might be old songs, new songs or middle-aged songs. Anything that takes my fancy, really. Sometimes these shows will be themed around an idea, a person, a genre or some other concept. Other times they will simply reflect my latest obsessions, my new favourite bands, those songs I can't get out of my head. So, let's get on with it. As a rather anoraki child, I had an all-consuming interest in trains, spurred on, no doubt, by my father, who would regularly take the family on excursions to visit the Dean Forest Railway, the Seven Valley Railway, or the Bluebell Line. I'd spend hours on end watching my OO gauge model of the Flying Scotsman, in its 4472 LNER green livery if you're interested, whizzing round the six foot by three foot train track I stored under my bed, and even went on a four day railway trip up to Scotland and back with the Railway Society at school, while everyone else was stuck in biology, French or maths lessons. Within a couple of years I'd exchanged one obsessive anoraki hobby for another, as train tracks made way for CD tracks, and that particular manic fascination shows no sign of abating. But as a tribute to the rather ignoble art of ferroequinology, and as the wonderful boogie-woogie of Emerson, Lake and Palmer's evocatively wonderful honky-tonk train blues fades away, let's explore 10 songs in the key of trains. The obvious starting point for an episode with a train theme, the first song that came to my mind, was David Bowie's Station to Station, the first song from the album of the same name. This marks, as the song itself declares, the return of the thin white duke, Bowie's gaunt, cocaine-addled alter ego, although art and life seem to be bleeding into each other quite a bit at this point in his career. Station to Station opens with the warped stereo sounds of a train moving from one ear to the next, the sound effects take up more than a minute of the song before keyboards, drums and guitars begin to emulate the rhythm of a train building up steam, rattling over the tracks. As far as the lyrics are concerned, there's actually very little in the way of reference to trains at all. Some argue that station to station actually refers to the stations of the cross, a key part of Christian iconography. And then throughout the song, the lyrics are peppered with references to all manner of religious and spiritual ideas, Gnosticism, the Kabbalah and Alistair Crowley's vision of the occult. It's the sound of a transition between states of mind, spiritual philosophy and even musical styles with the album Station to Station coming as a midpoint between the plastic soul of young Americans and the bleaker, colder sounding Berlin trilogy of albums kicking off with Low. And what better a metaphor to use through title and sound effects than the idea of travel by train. I'm not even going to pretend to claim I understand what much of the song is about. I'm not an expert in Gnosticism, the Kabbalah or the occult, and neither am I living on a diet of cocaine and milk. Then again, considering Bowie himself couldn't even remember recording this album on which the song is found, perhaps no one including the creator of the song, can or could claim to understand exactly what 
what's going on. But I think we can all agree, whatever's going on here, it's one of Bowie's finest moments. Station to Station can hardly be described as a clear-eyed account of a man who knows exactly which train he's on and why. But with Kevin Ayres' Stop This Train, panic and sheer terror are at the forefront of the song. It's a bad trip of a tune. A very bad trip indeed. One where the powerless passengers can't get off. The driver smiled and shook his head for me. This train don't stop for anyone, and if you want to leave this railway line, you'll have to jump off on your own. The music is a whirlwind of chaos getting faster and faster and faster, and then the pitch completely changing to add to the befuddlement and unease. There are a million and one things happening in this song, all at the same time, all of them chaotic, all of them chilling. And all a product of the warp genius of Kevin Nairs. something along the lines of jazz in the 40s, imported US rock and roll in the 50s with the likes of Billy Fury and Cliff Richard doing their best to ape the style and then in the 60s the Beatles. Of course that's not the whole story. Somewhere in that space between jazz and the Beatles there may well have been rock and roll but there was also the phenomenon of skiffle which ultimately proved the starting point for members of the Rolling Stones, the Who, the Hollies, even bands as diverse as Fairport Convention and the Bee Gees. Oh, and there was another band, the Beatles. 
One name that is forever associated with Skiffle is that of Lonnie Donegan, who would play guitar accompanied by washboard and tea chest bass. That was the whole idea of Skiffle, taking the wartime philosophy of making do and mending and applying it to music making. The result was a kind of music to which bands and artists often spring back in an attempt to keep it real. The rawness, simplicity and vitality of Skiffle is what also lies at the heart of much punk, grunge and a great deal of contemporary folk. Lonnie Donegan's most famous song is a classic bit of old school blues as previously made famous by Lead Belly, the Rock Island Line. Lonnie Donegan's version is famously one of the most fast-paced, hurtling through the lyrics with the speed of an express train. As with all good traditional blues songs, the Rock Island line has been added to and adjusted and tweaked as time has worn on. It's the musical version of Trigger's Broom. In this version, Donegan tells a fairly straightforward tale of a swizz. Train drivers going past a toll booth must declare if they have anything on board other than livestock. After listing a whole menagerie of animals taking a ride on the train, Lonnie Donegan's train driver is allowed to pass through with no fare to pay. And as he passes by, he shouts back at the man in the toll booth, I fooled you. He has pig iron on board too. It's not the most complicated of yarns, but the way Lonnie Donegan sings it, he delivers a world of excitement as he lets the song rush through at breakneck speed. It's glorious. Now we see a train, she's coming on down the line and When she get up near to the toll gate, the, uh, the depot agent shout down to the driver He want to know what he got on board, so he say uh, What you got on board there, boy? And the driver, he sing right on back down to the depot agent Tell him what he got on board Yeah, the way he sing I got sheep, I got cows, I got horses, I got pigs I got all livestock, I got all livestock, I got all livestock. And the man said, well, he said, you're all right then, boy. You don't have to pay me nothing. Just get him on through. So the train goes through the toll gate, and as it goes through, he got up a little bit of steam and a, a little bit of speed. And when he's safely on the other side of the toll gate, the, the driver shout back down the line to the man. Of course, you don't get what he say now, going home and going down the rock island line. So he said, but I fooled you, I fooled you, I got pig iron, I got pig iron, I got all pig iron. Is that tell you I'm going, boy? Going down the rock island line, yes, yes, he's a mighty... I'm not a great fan of poetry. That's not to say I'm completely against it, I just prefer a book of prose. Quite often, to be honest, I find poetry to be quite oblique and indecipherable. This, I know, is most likely to be more my fault than that of Keats, Tennyson or Caroline Duffy. But there is a poem that I can happily recite in its entirety. And any sensitive listeners may be pleased to hear it doesn't start with the line, There was a young man of Nantucket. The poem I have in mind was drilled into me in primary school, and it's by W.H. Auden. Maybe it was because at that time I was ever so slightly obsessed with steam engines, see the introduction for further details, or maybe it was the onomatopoeic diddly-dum-diddly-da rhythm of the piece. 
but I lapped up the words to the nightmare with the kind of enthusiasm only those who have yet to hit puberty can muster. Here comes the nightmare crossing the border, bringing the cheque and the postal order, letters for the rich, letters for the poor, the shop on the corner, the girl next door. It turns out I'm not alone in my love of this particular poem, as I discovered when Public Service Broadcasting issued their first album, Inform, Educate, Entertain. There are several standout tracks on that album, most notably Signal 30, which uses clips of an old American public information film about the dangers of speeding and drink driving. To our 21st century sensibilities, the spoken samples public service broadcasting selected sound irredeemably ham-fisted. No drinking and driving, warns one man to a driver. Not even beer, comes the reply. Not even water. Tempting as it would be to take a diversion from the train theme to play you, Signal 30, or perhaps Spitfire, also from that album, and featuring the narration of the Spitfire designer in two minds about whether or not his invention serves the general good, I'm actually going to stick to the script and play you Public Service Broadcasting's take on Nightmail, taking the WH Auden poetry and putting it against a driving rhythm suggesting all the urgency of an express mail train racing through the English countryside. Trains from Bristol, Cardiff, Manchester, Stoke, Liverpool and Birmingham bring a thousand bags of mail to the north. This is the night mail crossing the border. Bringing the check and the postal order. Letters for the rich, letters for the poor, the shop at the corner and the girl next door. into the minimalism of Philip Glass and Steve Reich through The Divine Comedy. On Neil Hannon and Co's latest album, Office Politics, which in itself seems like quite a quaint relic of a bygone era now we're all WFHing, there's a spectacular comic tribute to both Glass and Reich in the form of Philip and Steve's Furniture Removal Company. The premise being it's a theme tune to a sitcom whose conceit revolves around Messrs Glass and Reich driving a Pantechnicon around New York. The lyrics consist only of the line, Philip and Steve's Furniture Removal Company, all spliced and rearranged and played on top of each other in true minimalist style. Which made me think I really needed to hear some of the original minimalist material. We all know, of course, about John Cage's 3 minutes 44 seconds, the almost inevitable apotheosis of minimalism, in which a performer, or performers, simply sit silently on the stage for three and three quarter minutes, 
while the audience themselves create the performance. A shuffled bottom here, a suppressed cough there. No two performances will ever be the same. But with other examples of minimalism, there is a slightly more conventional approach to the performance, at least in the fact that there are notes actually played. One of the most famous examples comes in the form of Steve Reich's Different Trains, in which recordings of people recording train journeys are played out while the strings of the Kronos Quartet mimic the rhythm, pitch and texture of the speaker's speech patterns, all accompanied by the abrasive toot of train whistles. The piece comes in three movements, America before the war, Europe during the war and after the war. As you can imagine from the titles alone, the piece offers a stark contrast between the peaceful, carefree train journeys experienced during peacetime compared with the ominous, terrifying train journeys taken by Jews, gypsies, homosexuals and political prisoners towards concentration camps and, ultimately, death. It's a chilling, chilling piece of music, but utterly utterly essential. I discovered a fabulously glum English singer-songwriter called Tom McRae, thanks to Buffy the Vampire Slayer. In the episode Entropy, in which, among other things, Xander finds himself in absolute despair after jilting Anya, the ex-vengeance demon, at the altar, the dirge of McRae's Sao Paulo reign is heard providing the perfect accompaniment. Based on this song alone, I decided Tom McRae's debut eponymous album had to be mine. I'm surprised I didn't wear the thing out. I loved it. For much of my early 20s, I pretty much defined myself by this album and albums like it. If anyone asked me back then what sort of music I liked, I'd probably just tell you miserable singer-songwriter stuff. So it seems only fair to try to crowbar a Tom McRae song into a podcast. Fortunately for all concerned, or unfortunately, if the sound of a grown man weeping into his beer doesn't really do it for you, the opportunity has presented itself in the form of this train-themed podcast, where I can talk about the song Bloodless from McRae's debut. It's quite a tenuous link to the railway theme. The train references get done and dusted in the first line, This train don't stop at the stations of the cross. 
but that's enough for me. As with Bowie, Tom McRae manages to combine references to railways and Jesus' tortured slow march to Calvary in a single line. It's an intensely, beautifully, morbidly, richly morose song about youthful naivety and vacuous dreams. Just listen to one of the verses to see what I mean. We think that we're the ones with the bright unconquered suns. Wait a while, we'll watch the light grow stale. And we smell so very clean, but we're the oil in this machine, and this machine, this machine, is going wrong. I don't listen to Tom McRae much these days. That's probably a good thing, all things considered. Although I've still got a soft spot for him. Sometimes it's just good to know you're not the only one having a bad day. This train don't stop with the stations of the cross. No reasons left to believe. Trying to stay awake gave yourself a caffeine headache to hide the taste of sleep. And choosing to forget you cut away the safety net that holds your heart holds your heart and you go in search of youth touching up your empire roots but these days we don't know how to march satisfied with a knife in your spine your bloodless so tell me again what am I feeling you know me so well what am I feeling and how can you tell I've got a feeling you don't know Elbow have had a long industrious history with their first album dating back to 2001 and like the stereotypical musical curmudgeon I am it's often their earlier albums I return to chiefly their first three, Asleep in the Back, Cast of Thousands, and Leaders of the Free World. What can I say? I prefer their early stuff. Of those first three albums, it's Cast of Thousands that is my favourite, chief among them the song Fugitive Motel, which is the most poignant of love songs you'll ever hear. Maybe I need to save that for some romantically themed podcast episode one day. But the song I've chosen for this episode comes from Leaders of the Free World and its opening track, Station Approach. There's an even more tenuous link to trains here than the Tom McRae song, given the only reference to anything railway related is the title. But that's actually more than enough, with Alex Reeves' percussion providing a particularly accurate impression of a train's trundling, followed by a chug-chug-chugging rhythm in the chorus. It's a song of anticipation, a homecoming which grows and grows with an almost triumphant sense of expectation. Long before one day like this, Elbow were able to do euphoria, even restrained euphoria, very well indeed. It's a song about returning, about being out of sorts and needing that connection with the familiar to restore the balance, even when that familiar thing has in the past been a source of intense annoyance and frustration. I haven't been myself of late. I haven't slept for several days. 
But coming home, I feel like I designed these buildings I walk by. You know you drive me up the wall. I need to see your face, that's all. You little sod, I love your eyes. Be everything to me tonight. I haven't been myself of late. back over this list of train songs there does seem to be a lot of intensity and heaviness in the themes explored so far fortunately however there are songs about train travel that aren't as bleak take crosby stills and nash's marrakesh express for example taken from their self-titled album the song was written by graham nash when he was still in the hollies but they didn't view it as a hit so he dug it out again when he got together with david crosby and stephen stills in a complete contrast with the internalised chaos of David Bowie and Kevin Ayer's runaway trains of thought, Graham Nash's song is a pure celebration of life, ducks and pigs and chickens and all. In an interview with Rolling Stone magazine in 2008, he explained that, In 1966 I was visiting Morocco on vacation to Marrakesh and getting on a train and having a first class ticket and then realising that the first-class compartment was fucking boring. You know, ladies with blue hair in there. It wasn't my scene at all. So I decide I'm going to go and see what the rest of the train is like. And the rest of the train was fascinating. Just like the song says, there were ducks and pigs and chickens all over the place, and people lighting fires. It's literally the song, as it is, what happened to me. It's a gloriously evocative song wonderfully of its time and an absolute delight to hear again and again and again looking at the world through the sunset in your eyes traveling the train through clear moroccan skies ducks and pigs and chickens call animal carpet wall to wall american ladies five foot tall sweeping cobwebs from the edges of my mind to get away to see what we could find Hope the days that lie ahead Bring us back to where they've led Listen not to what's been said to you Don't you know we're riding On the Marrakesh Express Don't you know we're riding On the Marrakesh Express They're taking me to Marrakesh All on board the train All on board A few weeks back, I did an episode of these podcasts all about the cinema, in which I featured I Am A Man Of Constant Sorrow from the Coen Brothers' Oh Brother Where Art Thou. There are some outstanding musical moments in Coen Brothers films, not least their use of Kenny Rogers' I Just Dropped In To See What Condition My Condition Was In 
on The Big Lebowski. But more recently, music took a much more prominent role in one of their movies, Inside Lewin Davis. It's a sublime movie, telling the story of a folk musician stumbling around a pre-Dillon Greenwich village, trying to scratch a living together and heavily referencing the life and times of David Van Ronk as it does so. It's an excellently cast movie with Oscar Isaac taking the lead role, supported by Carey Mulligan and, believe it or not, Justin Timberlake as a slightly more successful folk singer than the lead character. The film is peppered with cover versions of songs that would have done the rounds in Greenwich Village in the late 50s and early 60s. Fare thee well, Dink song, the death of Queen Jane and the old triangle being three such examples, the last of which managed to get a new lease of life on Alt-J's third album, Relaxer, on the track Adelaine. Anyway, I digress. One of the finest moments on the film's soundtrack comes from Justin Timberlake, Kerry Mulligan and Stark Sands doing a kind of Peter, Paul and Mary take on 500 Miles. No, not the Proclaimers song. This 500 Miles was originally written by Hedy West, borrowing heavily from a traditional song called I'm 900 Miles Away From Home, first recorded by Fiddlin' John Carson in 1924. Timberlake, Mulligan and Sands version of 500 Miles is a delicate, yes delicious, take on this folk classic. It's kind of the opposite of Elbow's station approach, where Guy Garvey and co were all about coming home, this song is a mournful farewell to a much-loved home and much-loved people. It's just gorgeous. If you miss the train I'm on, you will know that I am gone. You can hear the whistle blow a hundred miles, a hundred miles, a hundred January 2005, Lemon Jelly released their third album, 64 to 95, which contained 10 songs featuring samples of other songs from the years 1964 to 1995. As with other Lemon Jelly albums, it's a piece of electronic delight, almost a strawberry trifle in musical form, or maybe a Lemon Jelly. The Slow Train, the eighth track on the album, is one of those songs with a few layers to it, a piece featuring samples of a cover version of a song from 1963. So let's start at the beginning. The original song, Slow Train, was written and performed by Flanders and Swan, the comic song duo most famous for the Hippopotamus song, with its chorus of mud, mud, glorious mud, 
nothing quite like it for cooling the blood. More recently, fans of the comedy duo Armstrong and Miller would have developed a passing acquaintance with Flanders and Swan, thanks to the affectionate, if spectacularly crude, pastiche of the singer and pianist with their Brabins and Five sketches. The Flanders and Swan original is an achingly bucolic tribute to the train stations about to fall under the axe of the beaching cuts when hundreds of smaller railway stations and less profitable train lines were closed. This original song works beautifully for two reasons. Donald Swan's gentle dum-dum-de-dum-dum piano chords immediately evoke the sound of a train trundling over the tracks. But the lyrics, delivered principally by Michael Flanders, are the crowning glory, celebrating a long list of typically English place names. Millersdale, Tideswell, Kirby Muxlow, Mocop, Scholar Green, Blanford Forum, Mortho, Midsummer Norton, Mumby Road, Chilton come Hardy, Chesterle Street. They're all places that appear in just the first verse of the song. Here's a little snippet of the Flanders and Swang song as an extra bonus. I'll travel no more from Littleton Batsy to Openshaw. At Long Santon I'll stand well clear of the doors no more. No whitewashed pebbles, no up and no down. From Formby Four Crosses to Dunstable Town, I won't be going again on the slow train. On the main line and the good siding, the grass grows high at Dogdyke. Later in 1976, the King Singers took the song and reinterpreted it in their own inimitable style, a close harmony a cappella style. I say inimitable, that didn't stop Reeves and Mortimer having a stab at mocking the rather pretentious sound of the Cambridge Chorister's cut glass enunciation alongside Mark Lamar and Matt Lucas for a shooting star sketch. And it's the King Singer's version of the song, which Lemon Jelly sliced and spliced and wriggled and jiggled with, to come up with their very own take on doing the locomotion on 76 aka the slow train. The sampling is done here in such a clever way that it's difficult to recognise the source material, but it is all there, all present and correct. The distinctive close harmonies are all there, replicating the wheel over the tracks and the whistle of the engine. Added to this are Lemon Jelly's own percussive beats, slowing down and speeding up to signify the arrival to and departure from any number of now abandoned stations. Chittening, Cheslin Hay, Selby, Ghoul, St Earth, Cockermouth, Buttermere, Armley Moor, Arrow, The strong the 
10 songs in the key of trains. I hope you enjoyed them. Please do let me know if there are any train tracks you particularly love that didn't make my list using the Twitter handle at Reviewage. Don't forget to listen to all the featured songs in full on the dedicated and bespoke Spotify playlist I'll have created to accompany this podcast by the time you're listening to it. Further details, as ever, can be found on my website, reviewage.net. There's a link in the show notes. I'll be back soon with songs in the key of something else. In the meantime, have a marvellous few days and nights till we meet again. Mm-hmm.